You're listening to I'dRatherBeWriting.com, and my name is Tom Johnson. Today, I'm reading a post called Site Analytics from 2018, 59% of overall traffic going to the API documentation site. Every year, when I re-examine my site analytics, I take the time to reflect on trends that I'm seeing with traffic to my own site. Not necessarily industry trends, just trends about which topics are popular on my site. Where are the users going? What are they clicking? What's driving the traffic? And based on these trends, I then assess and reevaluate some yearly directions. Well, this year I found that the increase in traffic on my API documentation site, which accounts for 59% of the overall site traffic, which is kind of staggering, suggests that in fact more engineers are perhaps writing documentation. And this confirms my earlier predictions at the beginning of 2018 that specialization will drive more engineers to write API documentation with technical writers playing more of supporting editorial and publishing roles rather than directly authoring all of the content. All right, so let's jump into some site analytics for 2018. Here's a breakdown of site traffic analytics on my site from January 1st, 2018 through December 31st, 2018. If you go to this post, you will see uh, graph uh, showing traffic and basically overall in 2018 uh, the site received 1,552,615 page views which works out to around 42,53 page views a day 4,253 here's another slice of analytics foc focusing more on audience uh, again there's a graph and you can see that during 2018, there were about 942,000 user sessions with users viewing about 1.65 pages per session. Now, note that a page view is when the page loads, regardless of whether it's the same visitor or a different visitor, but a session refers to a unique visit to the site. If the same visitor views 10 pages, that only counts as a single session. Users, uh, on average, viewed 1.65 page views per session. So sessions will always be lower than, than uh, page views. Um, interestingly, the site, I'd rather be writing, received significantly more traffic in 2018, nearly double the page views than the previous year. And if you look, you'll see a graph. Google Analytics makes it really easy to compare data from one year to the next. And this year it's like, uh, you know, the page views nearly doubled, which is crazy. Um, all right, I also have a nice little chart here that breaks down a lot of details because in Google Analytics, you can find probably like 100 or 200 different like metrics for your site. Not all of them really mean a whole lot. And some of them only appear if you've configured your tracking code in the right way. But uh, I already mentioned page views, like 1,552,000. Average page, page views, 4,250. Average page views per hour, 177. Now, I actually broke that down uh, just to make it more real. It's kind of mind-boggling for me to think that 177 different people 
or maybe the same person just viewing a lot of stuff. 177 page views are, are constantly flipping on the site um, every hour. That's just insane. Um, all right, unique page views, 1,331,000. Average time on the page, two minutes, 40 seconds. Uh, users, 687,818. Sessions, 942,306. Sessions per user, 1.37. Average session duration, 1 minute 44 seconds. Now, if you're paying close attention, you may, you may ask, how is the average time on page 2 minutes and 40 seconds, but, but the average session duration is 1 minute and 44 seconds? Well, if you Google that, You'll find a lot of uh, discussion about how the average time on page is an unreliable statistic because Google needs a previous page in order to correctly calculate it. And since a lot of times there isn't a previous page, it makes a bunch of guesses based on different factors and it gets confusing and not very clear. So uh, I don't know, maybe take the average of the two. Average, um, sorry, I already said that one. Uh, did I say average session? Average session duration, 1 minute 44 sessions per user at 1.37. Pages per session, 1.65. Bounce rate, 78%, which isn't great. Bounce rate is when somebody just visits a single page. They could be on it for a half hour, but they just visit one page of your site and then they bounce somewhere else. Organic search traffic, 495,000 visits come in through that. So roughly like... Uh, I guess in the overall number of page views, or maybe I should look at the overall number of sessions, it's about half. Um, to think that half of the people who are creating sessions on my site arrive through organic search, which is non-paid search, just whatever Google is going to surface up without me trying to pay for clicks, which I've, I've never done. Um, it accounts for half. It's crazy. All this silent traffic that comes in traffic from social like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook says that only uh, like 6,000 uh, uh, sessions came in through that 6,000 users. I kind of think socials must be overblown. Um, like I think people overestimate the importance of being on Twitter and LinkedIn and well, now people have pretty much abandoned Facebook uh, to some extent anyway, professionally, but it, it doesn't seem to drive all this traffic that, that uh, is really being driven by organic search, search result, results from Google. At any rate, the breakdown of social sites, LinkedIn contribu contributes 49% of traffic, Facebook 20%, Twitter 17%. Uh, the Facebook one's interesting because I don't really actively present my content on Facebook. I think I once synced it there, but I, I think the sync broke at some point. The most frequented geographical regions, United States, 35%, India, 16%, United Kingdom, 5%, and it trails down after that. Most common browsers, Chrome, 73%, Firefox, 9%. Operating systems, Windows, 60%, Mac, 20%. And then mobile operating systems like Android and iOS, 13%. Device uh, forms or types, desktop, 86%. Mobile, 12%. Tablet, 2%. So yeah, tablets, uh, not a lot of people using those to consume 
my content anyway. I think most people use tablets to watch TV or other streaming media. Okay, um, here's the big revelation, which I've already indicated in my title and summary. About 59% of the overall traffic to my site comes from my API documentation site. Google Analytics lets you filter by different paths and the path slash learn API doc allows me to filter down and see um, traffic based on just that segment of my site. So it gives me a very clear indication and I've got a graphic here in this post that uh, it's crazy like it's dwarfing everything else. The, the, the posts, the blog posts that I wrote during 2018 and I wrote 83 of them only accounted for Four, four, sorry, for 4.42% of my site's traffic. That's less than 5% of my site's traffic for 83 posts. And what about the rest of the, the extra, like 35%? Well, it, it trickles down from all the previous year's posts and other pages. I have some other tech pages, nothing really major. And then I've got my simplifying complexity site, which uh, also didn't bring in too many. So, uh, all right, the breakdown of audience by age and gender is as follows. Uh, I've got a graphic here. Around 50% are between 25 and 34, and then it tapers down. About 20% are in the next age bracket, 35 to 44, and maybe 8% between 45 and 54, which is crazy because... Because I'm I'm 43, I'm almost in this bracket. That's the 45 to f- to 54 bracket, where there's only like eight percent. And if this if this age ratio reflects like the tech com market, man, I'm really starting to feel old. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's a couple of other age brackets, 55 to 64, but it's even smaller, like maybe three percent. As far as gender, though, that, that's where it gets really interesting. Um, all right, so about 72% uh, were, were male and 28% female. I don't know why Google uses like dark blue and light blue, um, which makes it very difficult to see at a glance. But uh, in other words, two-thirds male, one-third female. Um, in years past, I was, it was much more balanced than that. And I think this, this more, this predominance of male readers reflects the increased number of programmers that are coming to my site. There was an, a GitHub survey in 2018 that found that the gender breakdown among those they surveyed, which are mostly engineers was about 93% male and 7% female. So given that my site overall gender breakdown is 71% male or 72% male and 28% female suggests that many of these readers are engineers. They're part of this engineering culture that has the predominance of males. Um, in fact, last year, uh, Google analytics told me that 34% of my readers were male and 66 were female. So basically the gender flipped almost. All right, now I also compiled some top 10s for 2018. 
and I've sliced and diced these in different ways. The top 10 pages overall across all sites that are bringing in the most traffic last year. Number one, by far, my Swagger UI tutorial, like one of the best uh, tutorials I've ever written. It's actually not even much of a tutorial. I honestly don't know why, but it's bringing in 12% of my overall traffic. Number two, documenting APIs, the homepage of my API doc site, 5%. Number three, step three, parameters, API reference tutorial, 4%. Number four, my blog homepage, 4%. Number five, submit requests through Postman, 3% of traffic. Quick reference guide templates is number six at 2%. This is uh, just a bunch of like layouts for short guides. Number seven, 10 realizations as I was creating my Swagger spec and Swagger UI, 1%. Number eight, open API 3.0 tutorial overview, 1%. Number nine, JavaScript events and listeners, like tech notes on JavaScript, 1%. And 10, inspect the JSON from the response payload, 1%. All right, uh, again, these top pages basically just show that most of the traffic is coming to API documentation site pages or other API doc topics. Here's another top 10 list. These are the top 10 blog posts in 2018. Uh, from the 83 posts I wrote, these received the most page views. Number one, what technical writing trends will we see in 2018 with 9,765 views? Coming in second, if writing is no longer a marketable skill, what is with 300 with 3,703 views? Number three, techcom trends. Why tech writers will be collaborating more with engineers? 2,295 views. Number four, do you have to relocate to an urban hub, an urban tech hub, to find a technical writing job? 2,210 views. Number number five, 10 ways technical writing is just like the World Cup, 2,040 views. Number six, how to avoid being a secretary for engineers, uh, about 1,900 views. Number seven, the math game my daughter and her friends created with Codesters, 1,600 views. Number eight, thoughts on Docs as code after three years, it works, 1,500 views. Combating, number nine, combating the make it pretty philosophy. Technical writers fight back. Guest post by Emily January Peterson, about 1,500 views as well. Number 10, techcom trends, providing value as a generalist in a sea of specialists, part one, around 1,400 views. All right, so uh, a few posts on trends. I focused a lot on that during the year and other posts about the value of techcom and so forth. What about podcasts? Well, I don't have that many podcasts. I think maybe I published 15 or so or 20, but here are the top 10 podcasts in 2018. Number one, recording of API documentation workshop in Denver, 8,357 downloads, which is blows away in any other number of downloads. Number two, if writing now some of these are blog posts that I simply narrated if writing is no longer a marketable skill what is at 1900 downloads number three preferring technical acuity over specialized knowledge 1800 downloads number four reducing the complexity of technical language 
1641 downloads. Number five, articulating stories that influence product adoption, 1300 downloads. Number six, recording of open API and swagger presentation, about 1100 downloads. Number seven, evaluating the user experience of documentation, podcast with Bob Watson, around 1100 downloads. Number eight, uh, full day API documentation workshop in Menlo Park. And uh, basically it was just an announcement about it. About a thousand downloads. Number nine, my conflicted thoughts about the decentralized web while taking the census of technical communicators survey. 900 downloads. Number 10, principle 11, be both a generalist and a specialist through your technical acuity. Around 700 downloads. I use PodTrack, not Google Analytics, to track downloads. Doesn't mean they listen to the whole thing. I've never seen uh, a single podcast get 8,000 plus downloads, so that's kind of mind-blowing. Um, I don't even really know why it got so many downloads, um, because the number of YouTube views wasn't that many. But anyway, uh, PodTrack isn't the easiest sort of analytics service to read, but from what I can tell in 2018, across all podcasts, not just those published in 2018, but podcasts I've been publishing for the last like decade, there were about, about 42,000 downloads, which is kind of scary because people are listening to my voice uh, for many years past, kind of like looking up into the space and seeing distant light from millions of years ago. All right, top 10 pages on my API doc site. So limiting the scope to just the API doc site, what's most popular? Of course, number one, so, and... I might just skip the uh, number of views here, but Swagger UI tutorial is number one with 185,000 views. Number two, documenting APIs is the homepage at 70,000 views. Step three, parameters. Number four, submit requests through Postman. Number five, open API 3.0 tutorial overview. Uh, number seven, inspect the JSON from the response payload. A lot of these are the same as the top 10 overall. Number eight, intro to the open API spec and swagger. Nine, step one, how to document resource descriptions. Number 10, overview of REST API specification formats. All right, so most of these topics focus on reference documentation, which is primarily what engineers handle in API documentation. It's more common that that tech writers will tackle the conceptual and narrative type documentation. Okay, so uh, by the way, if you're listening to this and you have a product or service that you're trying to make visible, I do offer advertising. Usually at the beginning of the year, I renew my ads and, and add new people. Uh, you can always join at any time, but if you want to advertise, jump to my site at i'dratherbewriting.com slash advertising and you can see how I can make your stuff more visible. All right, let's jump into some reflection and analysis. Based on these analytics, what conclusions can we draw? Since most of the traffic, at least 59%, is coming into the API documentation site, it seems logical that I should continue to work on and develop the content there. And just because the content isn't in the form of blog posts, they're all just static pages, we can see that it doesn't mean the traffic is any less. And I worked on a ton of page content there during 2018. 
I made incremental updates, refinements, reorganizations, uh, screenshots, activities, slides, and a lot more. Um, I spent as much time working on the API.content as on my regular blog. Um, but the, the differences in traffic, 59% versus 4.5%. It's kind of astounding. Um, I also had another project that I was working on, this Simplifying Complexity site, which was a series of essays on how to reduce the complexity of, of things. Um, it only received 1.28% of the traffic overall, which, you know, it's like uh, almost nothing compared to the API doc site. The overall page traffic on my site almost doubled in size from 845,000 to 1,550,000. Um, this lopsidedness in traffic is no doubt from the API documentation site. It's given me a lot to think about. Um, I think the engineering audience who comes to the API doc site is actually less likely to comment, subscribe, and become regular readers because there wasn't really uh, a correlating bump in the newsletter subscribers maybe a thousand people subscribed I don't actually I don't I don't have a, a tracker for that but um, it's about the pace and and if my site page views doubled but my newsletter subscription just slowly increments up it doesn't suggest that the engineering audience is like the same dedicated readership that I've had with my blog posts. I also posted the video recordings of the two API workshops that I gave, one in Denver in March that got all the, the million, the, the 8,000 downloads in the podcast and the YouTube views, and then one in Menlo Park, which is much more recent. But on YouTube, uh, there were around 4,691 views for the collective videos. I split them up into a bunch of parts. Um, one other project that didn't have a lot of success was the Academic Practitioner Collaboration Project. Now, admittedly, I didn't have too many posts on this uh, because as soon as I started doing some some posts, I sort of heard crickets, not, not a lot of shares, retweets, comments, uh, not a lot of clicks. I just got the impression that the approach wasn't working and that like if I were to keep pursuing that angle it would basically be traffic suicide on my site that said uh I really get engaged by some of the content there so I don't know what I'm going to do with that um one of the top 10 posts to be fair was one of the academic written uh guest posts so maybe I'll just invite more academics to write their own posts which is certainly much easier from my perspective but uh yeah, I didn't do a whole lot of that, and I'll have to think more deeply about what I want to do because, um, yeah, the API doc stuff seems to be hot, but that's not the most common topic addressed in academic journals, at least in TechCom. Might have to seek outside at TechCom. All right, let's look at some other conclusions. If you remember, um, the most popular blog post I wrote was at the beginning of the year, was called what technical writing trends will we see in 2018 and it's customary to revisit these these prediction type posts and and look to see if we were we were right if i was wrong of course one year isn't very long for predictions but in that post i said quote what will 2018 bring for the field of techcom 
here's what I think. In 2018, tech writers will, will play more cross-functional, interdisciplinary roles in order to establish value as generalists. We all know that for the past few years, a few decades, technology has been getting, been getting more and more specialized. Knowledge is becoming more extensive, detailed, and deep. Hyper-specialization has become only more acute with each passing year. Because of this specialization, I think engineers and other specialists will be writing docs. Because the information is so technical and specialized, technical writers will have a hard time developing the content. Instead, technical writers might play more general roles with content and more specialized roles in editing, publishing, and curating content. End quote. In short, I said or I predicted or noted that in the increase in specialization in the tech landscape is driving engineers to write more of the documentation themselves rather than having tech writers write it. Looking at my metrics, you could say there's some truth to that, to that observation. If more engineers are searching for and consuming information on API documentation, it suggests that more engineers are writing documentation rather than technical writers. It reinforces this idea that tech writers are perhaps playing more generalist roles while engineers handle the authoring of more specialized reference documentation information. If that weren't the case, why would so many engineers be landing on my site? I mean, traffic to that site accounts for the majority of the traffic to my whole site now. I could be wrong about the demographic. Maybe the traffic represents hordes of technical writers trying to transition into the API doc space. And that surely accounts for some percentage of users. But given the drastic male gender imbalance in the metrics, it seems more likely that the bump in traffic consists of engineers, given that engineering is also more male dominated and that in years past, gender breakdowns on my site were much more balanced. Another explanation might be that engineers previously looked to other sites for information, but after I added a site that explains approaches for reference API docs, these same engineers have shifted their attention away from the other sites over to mine. In this scenario, the number of engineers writing docs remains the same, but their location online has merely changed. I find this argument unlikely, but honestly, I'd need to do more research and surveying to make a definitive argument. Here's another interesting metric. Uh, the SGC salary database says that only 180 technical writer jobs were added to the US economy in 2017. And you can see this graph that depicts a mostly flat job growth. Yet, I bet a lot more than 180 software engineering jobs were added during 2017. I don't have a five-year history of engineering employment job growth. There are many different types of developer jobs, not just software developers. But if you were to compare the IT job ads between Q2 of 2017 and Q2 of 2018 specifically for software developer engineering job types, then you will find, according to the Association of Information Technology Professionals, or 
AITP that, quote, postings for software developers increased by more than 50,000. And they have a graphic demonstrating this growth. In Q2 2017, there were 176,000 job ads for software developers. And in Q2 of 2018, so one year later, there were 227,000. Who is documenting all the code and other products that the additional 50,000 engineers are creating? The 180 new technical writers? Uh, I kind of doubt it. If they are, they're pretty busy. Engineers are likely playing more documentation roles. As more evidence that engineers are writing, consider that Docs' code tooling has flourished as a standard approach to writing and publishing documentation. Why would it be flourishing if not because more engineers are writing? I wrote and focused on trends a lot this past year. Um, I argued that the and eat with each post I sort of iterated and tried to strengthen my arguments but my overall argument and one that I'm kind of reinforcing here is that the increased amount of specialization in the tech landscape means that more engineers are writing docs because the content is just so specialized it's sort of beyond the capacity of generalist technical writers to explain it and as a result tech writers have kind of one of two options either step up our technical game and become uh, more engineering uh, grounded or get more skilled at collaborating with engineers to elicit this needed information. Probably both, right? Um, in one of my, one of my uh, most refined posts on trends, I explained the ramifications of the increase in specialization. I wrote, however, quote, however much I dislike the model where engineers develop content and technical writers add information usability, this just might be the norm in years to come. If the content is so specialized that only engineers can fully articulate it at the required level, then technical writers will play more supporting editorial roles, guiding engineers with content creation and making the information more readable and usable. The, the degree to which engineers collaborate in the documentation process falls along a spectrum for sure, but I don't see how we can accommodate increasing amounts of specialization and complexity in the technology landscape without it also incorporating more engineers into the writing process, end quote. In short, trends in specialization are shifting the tech writer's role to more of an editorial and publishing role where tech writers collaborate more fully with engineers who are also um, writing in the documentation process. In a recent review, um, by recent, within the last year, uh, of my site by Craig Cardamon on TechWorld, which is kind of weird that you would review a whole site, but I think he was looking at usability and kind of layout and focus. Anyway, Craig, Craig wrote, Quote, I'd rather be writing remains a fantastic resource for new and seasoned technical writers. I admit I visited his site more when Johnson discussed more general technical writing topics regularly. He has migrated toward API programming documentation and producing podcasts. 
whereas I am still enjoying myself quite a bit as a software technical writer. Still, I bookmarked his site long ago and visit it whenever I need a refresher or an introduction to topics around the career I love, end quote. Craig's lament about my shift from software technical writing towards API programming documentation, which is a distinction that to me seems tenuous, but it does reflect a difference in domains, matches a bit of my own nostalgia and lamentation for how the career has evolved. For better or worse, we're in another world now. If you'd like to read more of my analyses on metrics from previous years in 2017, 2016, and 2015, I've got links to each of these posts. Thanks again for listening and for being a regular reader and consumer of my site, whether blog posts, API documentation, uh, API documentation topics, podcasts, or other content. If you'd like to drop me a note, you can at Tom at I'd rather be writing.com. I hope to narrate more posts this year. It's something I enjoy. I've learned to enjoy it. It's more fun. It's like performing content that after I've worked on it, trying to get better. So if you have any tips for me, if I have any annoying antics or uh, things that I do that you want me to stop doing, let me know. Anyway, Again, my site is I'd rather be writing.com. And thanks for listening.